Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 8. What can I say? Never say never. Oh, who would have guessed that she'd be pregnant in a book where somebody said, I won't get pregnant. Also... Keep in mind, Jason's the one who was like, nah, we need condoms. And she was like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. You don't need condoms. Why? What's the worst that can happen? I heard you can't get pregnant the first time you do it. I heard that if I pour Dr. Pepper in my cooch hole, nothing will happen. Cooch hole is something I just said off the fly. Like, it sounds nasty to me too. And it'll never be uttered again. I promise. Until I forget. Whoever said you can't get pregnant by having sex just one time lie like all hell. Because my ass sure got knocked the hell up. Ain't that a bitch? In one sense, it didn't really matter all that much. Since Jason and I were planning to get married in a few months anyway. On the other hand, all the plans Jason and I precisely had worked out for the future went out the freaking window. Everything except for the marriage itself had to be reconsidered. I just knew my mother was going to hit the roof when she found out, but much to my surprise, she informed us that she knew it was going to happen all along. How about you suggest abortion? Oh, I knew you were going to get pregnant. All along, I just knew this was going to happen. No, nigga. Even if you knew it was going to happen, keep your fucking mouth shut and suggest abortion. You're 17, fam. How about it? You're 17. Take the first one out. The second one, I have no arguments about. As long as it's after you're like 20 or 21, go to fucking college. You know what? I take that back. I said 20 or 21. I really meant like 26. That way you can actually enjoy life with your husband who you're marrying right out of high school like a fucking dimwit. Get the abortion. It's the 90s. Nobody gives a fuck if you get an abortion. Go get one. But what you're not going to do is go into college with a baby. Because that's going to fuck up your whole enjoyment of your life from the age of like 17 until forever. And then you're going to resent your husband. And yourself. And probably me for not telling you to get a fucking abortion. I will be the good parent. I will stand up and tell you to get a fucking abortion. Go do it right now. It's on me. The first three are on me. Just in case. And use a fucking condom next time. Here, matter of fact, fuck it. I knew this was going to happen. So I'm taking you to get an IUD. I knew this was going to happen, so I'm taking you to get birth control pills. I knew this was going to happen, so I'm going to fucking make sure that you know about safe sex. And I tell you straight out that you can get pregnant the first time. Not, I knew this was going to happen. Da -da 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 -da. What the fuck? She informed us that she knew it was going to happen all along. And Jason's parents had pretty much the same fucking reaction. What in the whole fuck? What the fuck, people? I know this is Atlanta. I know this is Georgia. I know this is fucking stupid. But what the fuck? What kind of parents are you?
Y'all both had the same fucking reaction and nobody thought of birth control or IUDs or anything like that. And no, I'm not saying IUD like the responsibility to for safe sex is on uh, Zoe. Not at all. But what I am saying is we're going to get you an IUD. Jason's parents are going to fucking get him condoms and talk to him about safe sex. Oh, mom, Jason doesn't want to have sex anyway. Good. Don't fucking pressure the kid. Suck a dick every now and then. Go finger yourself. Do whatever the fuck you're going to do. But don't have sex. And if you're going to have sex, IUD. Taking you right now. Set up the appointment. No judgment. I'm not mad about shit. Because it ain't happened yet and you're not going to get pregnant and fuck up your whole life. And yes, children, if you were born before your ch- before your parent turned fucking 20, yeah, your life is a little bit different from everybody else's, isn't it? Your grandma was your mom for a little while, wasn't she? Folks thought your mom was your sister for a little while, didn't they? Your dad kind of ran off and was a fucking asshole because he didn't get to live his whole life while you were a baby, did he? Didn't he? Did he? (laughs) Didn't he? Santa did he, didn't he thing? Yes, he did. I guess none of them were astonished because they had all assumed we had been sexing each other for years and had just been lucky I didn't get knocked up sooner. Y'all are fucking awful. Y'all are fucking awful. I'm still on the first goddamn page and we're six minutes into this shit. Y'all are fucking incredible. Oh, we just figured y'all been fucking since you were like 12. I'm just happy you didn't get pregnant before now. But since you're pregnant now, hooray! Let's fucking go! Get fucking... Our friends all took it in stride as well. Who the fuck wrote this shit? Nobody's taking this shit in stride. You know who would think that your friends are taking it in stride? A little ass kid. Somebody like a 16-year-old girl who's just fucking head over heels in love with her crush would think that everybody would take it in stride and they'd all be so fucking happy that you're pregnant at the age of fucking 17 and now you get to be with your boo for the rest of your life. That's who will write that shit. A grown-ass person will be fucking furious. If my daughter came home at the age of 16, if my son came home at the age of 16 and was like, yo, my significant other or I am pregnant, abortion. Abortion. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a whole fucking game night with the other person's parents so then it's not awkward and we're going to discuss everything. And we're going to lay this all out. And y'all can be fine as a, as, a, as a couple. Your relationship will not be altered. But you're getting an abortion. And you're getting fucking condoms. And I'm sorry for not talking to y'all about this beforehand. Because I fucking thought y'all had been having sex since you were fucking 12. Then you better get a little itty bitty penis fucking condom. A little bitty teeny weeny motherfucking condom for this motherfucking 12 year old ass. That's what you need to do. We just thought you've been having sex since you were like fucking 14. Then as soon as he turns fucking 13, you should get him some goddamn condoms. What the fuck, people? What are we doing? What the fuck is this shit? You wrote this. (sighs) From the looks of it. Everyone in the world except Jason and I were predicting my impregnation because Jason didn't even want to have sex with your ass. Instead of having an elaborate wedding, we opted for a small ceremony in my mother's backyard the weekend after our graduation from Central High School. I was three months and not showing yet. This is all a bad idea. Brina was my maid of honor. Getting married right out of high school is a bad idea. Like, y'all can date throughout college and have that experience, but... Brina was my maid of honor, and Cordell was Jason's best man. That was the last time I saw the two of them together, because they broke up while Jason and I were on our honeymoon. On your honeymoon? What the fuck? You're 17! What the fuck can you do? Where was your honeymoon at? 
jack-in-the-box? Did they give you a $200 gift card and tell you to go wild? Did you go to fucking Disneyland? Where the fuck was your honeymoon? You just graduated. Did you go to Six Flags? Like, what exactly? You can't even go on a cruise by yourself. You can't get a hotel room by yourself. You can't get a rental car by yourself. You don't have fucking jobs. What the fuck are y'all going to do to provide for one another? You ain't got a goddamn job. You're going to college and you're pregnant. What the fuck is about to happen? I'm... It was a quaint, romantic, and intimate ceremony attended by our family and close friends. Our parents chipped in together and sent us on a week-long trip to the Bahamas as a combination wedding and graduation gift for why? For why, people? Instead of doing that, instead of sending them off to the Bahamas or anything like that, you know what you should have done? You should have taught their only child asses how to change a diaper. How to cook. Both of them, by the way, not just her, not just him, both of them, because they're going to break up because they're getting married at the age of 17. This is on the edge of 17. Y'all are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Bahamas. This is what you're happy about. You're not even mad about none of this shit. You're just like, fuck it. You're going to the Bahamas. If I told my mom I was getting married at the age of 17 or 18, my mom, you know what my mom would have done? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> With who? With fucking who? Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't give my blessing. You can't do it. You're not doing that. No, you'll thank me later. And I would have because college was not the place for a 17, 18 year old to be married. No place is the place for a 17, 18-year-old to be married. The fuck kind of Southern comfort shit is this? Our honeymoon turned out to be a culmination of fun-filled days and sexually repressed nights. After prom night, Jason and I never had sex again until after the wedding. Because you... To be honest, as much as I craved to be close with them in every way, I wasn't looking forward to another sexual disappointment. On my honeymoon, that's exactly what I got. A series of sexual disappointments, in fact. It's such a strange feeling to love someone more than you love your next breath and yet be appalled when they touch you. Don't be wrong. Jason never turned me off. He just never turned me on either. Not the way I needed to be turned on. While they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste, they neglect to mention that a body is a terrible thing to waste also. Especially when it's a body like Jason's. My husband is past gorgeous and way past fine. In fact, I can't even think of a word that would do him justice. He's a far cry from the little knucklehead I got in a fistfight with the day we met. To make matters worse, he has a scrumptious dick. He just doesn't know how to use it. Because he was a goddamn virgin. You know how long it took me to learn how to fuck? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Like, seriously, do you know how long it takes for people to actually become skilled at fucking? Eddie Murphy talked about it. 18-year-olds don't know how to fuck. 17-year-olds don't know how to fuck. Y'all are just happy to be there like, yay! But then you get the hips into it and you get all this. This is Eddie Murphy talking. It took me until I was about 20, 21 to really get the art of fucking down. And it took me until I was about 24, 25 before I really learned how to eat a pussy. Not eat a pussy. Before I learned cunning lingus. Cunning lingus. I had to slow down to say that. Cunning lingus. Took me about that long. It took me books to learn about the G-spot. And about how to really pleasure a woman before you attempt to have intercourse. And it took me until I was ready to communicate with somebody before I was able to really find out how 
specifically the person I was with wanted to be treated, caressed, talked to, touched, licked, held. What positions they liked? Positions! What the fuck? And you're telling me you're mad because Jason doesn't know all that shit at the age of 18. I am fucking 42 and I just bought my wife a womanizer at the age of like 40. I mean, we've had sex twice prior to that. But the womanizer right now was the end all and be all. And I saw that from going through fucking websites and studying and doing research. Because I'm constantly trying to improve myself so I can pleasure my wife. He's 18. And let's not say, this ain't like you're fucking superwoman either. You were a virgin. You don't know shit about shit. You don't know how to add talk into the conversation, into the sexual conversation. You don't know how to use your voice. You don't know how to, you're probably, you might still be using your teeth. You're 18. Y'all are. So for you to be dissing Jason like this, I knew this was going to happen. And that's why it's so fucking infuriating. I didn't know it was going to happen because I don't remember this fucking book. But I knew it was going to happen because this shit is literally paint-by-numbers writing at this juncture. That's what this is. I had been working after school part-time at a fast food joint, and Jason worked with the county recreation department. We both had plans to attend college, and one of us did. Jason. I chose to pursue full-time employment as an administrative assistant and work for a dentist's office all the way through my pregnancy. Jason had a full basketball scholarship to state to state what state 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 the college that's what I need you to do because I mean I know well you already said y'all were in Georgia you already said you were in the state of Atlanta so what state South Carolina state uh Georgia I figured it's a Georgia state What state? The Ohio State University? I have to say the whole thing. I can't just. It's like cooling the gang. It's like a tribe called Quest. You have to say the whole thing or it doesn't work. He had a full basketball scholarship to state. And by the way, after I finish this, I not after I finish this, but after I finish this book as a whole, um, to... Ladies that I really respect and and, and admire, um, Danny and Molly uh, from the Black Chick Chick Black Chick Lit podcast, um, did a full on discussion about this book, and it's two episodes long. So after I finish this book, those two episodes will be coming in before we get to the next book. Full basketball scholarship to state. When the fuck did the nigga even play basketball? Like. You know what? His major was architecture, of course. The times he was out of town at away games were dismal, but Brina and my mother tried their best to keep me in good spirits. As horrible as our sex life was, the little bit of satisfaction I was garnishing from being close to Jason was unavailable when he was away. In fact, the further I got into my pregnancy, the more sexually repressed I became, and desperation set in. Simple masturbation was no longer good enough, so I began to play with toys. Look, that's the other thing. Stop making it seem like toys are bad. I have my toys hidden away in a box, like, which is what she says next. Uh, You name it, I had it hidden away in a box on a closet shelf where Jason couldn't find it. Everything from a dildo to a vibrator to Benoit balls. Why not just introduce them? Hey, you know what, baby? I know we're both new to this. I know we're both fledgling. This is something that I enjoy. I mean, it isn't like you're asking him to piss on you. It isn't like you're asking him to, like, eat your shit while, with, with chopsticks while Mbop plays in the background. You just want to use toys. That is literally the first step. 
in a satisfactorily mutual, a mutually satisfactory sexual experience. If he can't do it, your toys can. And if you know your toys can do it, what you're literally doing because you're using them, why not introduce the person you love into your world? If they shame you, then it's not the person for you. But if you want this relationship to work, then you're going to have to open up with him and tell him about these things. And at no point has anything happened in this book that makes me think that you will be ashamed of talking with him about sex because you damn sure weren't ashamed of talking to him about it when you took it from him. Jason. Yes, boo. He was holding my hand, caressing it gently and using its other hand to dab the sweat away from my forehead with a moistened towel. Jason. Yes, Zoe. I fucking hate you. I pushed his hands away from me and tried to get up off the hospital bed so I could kick his ass, but the next contraction set in and kicked my ass from the inside out instead. Could have had an abortion. Zoe just calmed down and do the breathing exercise they taught us in Lamaze class. He came towards me with all the pampering nonsense again and started taking short, quick breaths as if a demonstration was going to make the pain go away. He's a kid. You're a kid. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. Jason, I hate you, and I hate the fucking doctor, and I hate all the fucking nurses. I paused just long enough to clench my teeth and push. The pain was excruciating, ten million times worse than I ever imagined it would be. I leaned a little up off the pillow, looking like a whale trying to do a sit-up, so I could look the doctor in the eye while he sat between my legs messing with my coochie coo. Dr. Henry, I fucking hate you. They all laughed at me. Even Jason, the nerve of the bitches. Everyone, including my mother, had warned me about labor. So they warned you about labor, but they don't tell you about safe sex. And I know it's the Bible Belt and your school probably didn't have sexual education or nothing like that. But nobody talked to you about condoms. So are Brenna and Cordell just raw dogging it too? Is everybody humping around without condoms nowadays? Nobody has an IUD? They warned me it's the closest to death a woman could ever come. If they weren't speaking the gospel, then there isn't a dog in the entire state of Georgia. The Lamaze teacher cautioned all the fathers that their wives or girlfriends might be a bit angry at them during labor. Poor Jason had to feel my wrath because I was past angry. I was ready to kill his ass for putting something so big in me. I was going to have to rip my ass open to push it out. That's another thing. Her anger issues are really fucking bad. Like, she's 0 to 100 real quick. And every time she gets mad, she tries to fight him. The Lamas teacher also told the women to bring a stuffed animal or some other comforting item in the delivery room to soothe their thoughts during labor. Jason bought me a huge stuffed brown teddy bear and called him Casanova Brown. Jason retreated from a chair in the corner and brought it over to me. Look, baby, Casanova wants to keep you company. He started moving the bear around like it was dancing the jig. Oh my God, this nigga's so young. Trying to focus on the damn thing made me nauseous. I grabbed the stupid ass bear from Jason and threw it so hard it hit a nurse in the head who was walking into the room. Then I slapped Jason upside his fucking head. The rest of the delivery went about like that. I repetitively cussed everyone out and didn't care what they thought about it. It's amazing that even the shyest woman doesn't care how many people are staring at her pussy like a bullseye on a target during labor. At least a dozen people were in and out of the delivery room and I didn't give a rat's ass. Seven hours and 56 stitches later, onto us a son was born. Peter Jason Renard, given the first name of my father just like Jason and I had always planned. Once I heard all the stats, 6 pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long, 10 fingers, 10 toes, and healthy, I was satisfied and passed out. I woke up in the recovery room with Jason rubbing my tummy, probably glad as hell my shape is back because making love to a blue whale, even for only two minutes at a time, must have been kind of frustrating. Nah. Nah. See, again, pregnant pussy is some of the best pussy in the entire fucking world, but you'd only know that if y'all had been having safe sex all the time before, and now he's able to dive the fuck in. Niggas make me sick. Pregnant pussy's just like wet and moist and, and perfect. I mean, pussy is perfect and my wife is just above and beyond, but still. It's amazing. 
and you can do different positions because you're not going to be able to do a, a, a missionary. So there's different opportunities for growth in this, but nope. I was a beach whale. You probably didn't even want to have sex with him. You probably didn't even want to see you like that. And then you went and masturbated and I hated him. Also, just a disclaimer, pussy is fucking fantastic no matter when it is, pregnant or not pregnant. As long as it's legal and consensual, knock yourself the fuck out. Shit, even if it ain't legal, get it how you live because sex work is work too. Real talk. I love you, Jason. I caress the side of his face, the same side I slapped the shit out of during labor with my right hand. I'm so sorry I said I hated you, and even more sorry I hit you. This sounds like a really bad harbinger to the rest of the fucking story, like a precursor, and I don't like it. He started laughing. I know you love me, boo, and this forever. Always has been, always will be. We kissed for a few moments, and then he climbed beside me on the bed, since we could both fit on that bad boy, and fell asleep in my arms. The nurse woke us up a little while later so she could check my vitals. After the birth of our son, several landmark events took place in our lives, some very good and some very bad, but together, we always came out on top. The first emotional upset came about when Jason's mother found out she had breast cancer. His father retired from his state government job using the early out option, and they moved to North Carolina, where they're both originally from. Then, my mother turned around and married Aubrey. I was devastated, but had no choice except to live with it. I didn't have a clue things between them were that serious, and was totally shocked when she showed up in my apartment sporting a ring. No sooner had I recovered from that quandary when my boo got hurt in a game and tore the ligaments of his knee to shreds. Instead of having one baby to take care of, I had two. One little and one big. Both of them as cute as they could be. I used to take pictures of Jason and Peter while they were sleeping. The baby lying comfortably on his daddy's chest, their heartbeats had synchronized. Watching the two of them on the bed together gave me the idea of starting Shades. Shades is my corporation. It started out on a wing and a prayer, but grossed me over half a million dollars last year. Watching my son fast asleep on his father gave me the idea to make my own calendar, celebrating the role of the African-American father. So many African-American women are raising their children alone. It's a blessing to see a man living up to his responsibility. Message, I guess. I borrowed some money from my new stepfather, who has a small contracting company, found some people willing to post for a small stipend, and made a calendar for the following year. The cover had a photo of Jason and Peter with bare chests and sporting Atlanta Braves baseball caps. Using the computer Jason's parents bought him for his college studies, I began to advertise him on the internet, and the most miraculous thing happened. They sold like hotcakes. Yeah, that is fucking miraculous. Because if I saw a fucking email for your calendars, delete. Like, it's not even hate. It's just like, the fuck do I need a calendar for? I have a computer that has a date on it. You know, I feel like calendars are fucking obsolete now anyway because your phone has a fucking calendar on it. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in that regard? And I know this came out in the 90s. I know. But also, okay, 19-year-old becoming a millionaire off of fucking calendars? Okay, 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 famo, half a millionaire, okay. I didn't make a fortune that first year, but I made enough for us to get by between the calendar and my job at the dentist's office. Jason was able to keep his scholarship, even though his career as a ball player was over, and the high school we attended, Central, hired him as their head basketball coach. It worked out very well because he could attend college in the morning, and coach once school let out in the afternoon. The second year, I put out three calendars, one with African-American fathers and children, one with African-American families, and an African-American swimsuit calendar featuring some co-eds from the university. Business really picked up then. I started my business at a time when calendars that portray beautiful African-American women were few and far between. It was selling like bottles of ice-cold spring water to people stranded in 110-degree heat. To make a long... Wait, what? So... Basically, basically, you sold a swimsuit edition to men who were tired of buying swimsuit editions of white women. 
you sold water to thirsty niggas. It's basically what you said. Like you 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 tried to make a metaphor for it or assembly. Assembly. Assembly is like. Assembly is the like, right? Yep. I had to go back and find a fucking fourth grade reader to find that shit on the internet. So it only took like 15 seconds. But yep, it's assembly. So that's assembly that actually fits in this day and age. Because you are selling water, ice cold water in 110 degree temperatures to thirsty people. But you're selling calendars of black college students, black college women in swimsuits to old ass men who are thirsty. It all works out. The Venn diagram is a fucking circle. To make a long story short, every year Peter grew, so did our bank account. We moved out of our apartment and rented a three bedroom house so I could use one room as a home office. The following year, Jason graduated summa cum laude and got a great job with the top architecture design firm in the city. Isn't it great how everything works out and there's no repercussions from them having a baby at the age of 17? God, like, everybody can do this. When Peter was five, Jason kept the promise he made on our prom night and built my dream house. It's a 4,500 square foot, five-bedroom, four-bath cul-de-sac in a new development, and it has over two dozen skylights in it so I can see all the stars. We were still decorating when I got pregnant again. When Dr. Henry said the word twins, I wanted to faint, but had to maintain my composure long enough to hold Jason up when he practically passed the hell out. The shock wore off and the excitement took over. We turned one of the guest bedrooms into a nursery and started shopping for two of everything. Of course, when I went into labor, I was ready to kick everyone's ass again. This time, Jason was prepared for battle and wore a baseball umpire's mask, more as a joke than for protection. I must admit, the mask was mad funny and helped keep my mind off the horrific pain. He also brought in reinforcements the second time around, begging my mother to stay in the delivery room and be his tag team partner. Somehow, I managed to push Kyle Michael and Kayla Michelle out instantly making our family unit expand from three to five. After a brief recuperation period, I got back to business and decided to market more than just calendars on the net. I became an African-American arts dealer, marketing all types of artwork from up-and-coming artists who had the vision but lacked the sales ability. Now my art is sold not only on the net, but in department stores nationwide. <laughs> that didn't age well. Now it's sold not only on the net, but it's also sold in the mall. Now it's sold not only on the net, but it's sold in Mervyn's. Now it's sold not only on the net, but you can find it in J.C. Penney's. Now it's sold not only on the net, but you can also get it at Montgomery Ward's. What? Jason is quickly becoming one of the most sought-after architects in this city and recently made a 5% commission on a $2.1 million office complex. Hmm, how much is that? What's 5% of $2.1 million? It's $105,000. $105,000. What's his commission on a $2.1 million office complex? 105,000 when you're half a millionaire. That's not a lot of money, boo-boo. Like, I keep watching these shows, these game shows, like Ink Master and Iron Chef and uh, whatever else comes on. And I mean, at least Iron Chef and our um, Top Chef and uh, Ink Master now are going up to like a million dollar prizes. But some of these shows that I watch, they're like, and the grand prize, when you win it all, after 10 weeks of comp of competition, is $50,000. If you don't get the fuck out of my face, $50,000, suck my dick. Financially, we couldn't possibly be doing any better, considering we thought all our hopes and dreams were destroyed because of felony use of condom the first night we made love. Could have gotten an abortion. You coulda. Chapter 9. I glanced at my watch, noticed it was almost 8 p.m. and started to panic all over again. Marcella, it's getting really late. Jason's going to be worried sick. She glanced at the small crystal clock on her desk. 
You're right, Zoe. It is a bit late. We talked a good three hours. Yes, I can't wait to see the bill, I chuckled. Whatever it is, it's well worth it. I gathered my purse, coat, and gloves and extended my hand to shake hers. Thanks so much for seeing me, and I'll call your secretary to set up an appointment sometime next week. You're very welcome, and make sure you do that. We shook hands, and I started towards the door. We didn't get a chance to discuss the foundation of your addiction, or did we? Not at all. You have yet to hear the truly sickening part. I wanted to make sure you understood my love for Jason, how much he means to me, and why he's my entire life. I lowered my eyes and started fidgeting with my gloves, trying to put them on, but I got the shakes. Now I have to go home and make up yet another lie to tell my husband. Lie on top of lie on top of lie. That's, that's all I seem to do these days. I realize you have to go, but can I ask one question before you leave? Sure. What exactly do you lie to your husband about? Her eyes widened, and she seemed to be waiting to exhale until I answered. I guess the whole thing did seem a bit strange, considering I hadn't actually told her what made me an official sex addict. Well, did I touch upon the fact that Jace is not a very passionate or experimental lover? I asked rhetorically. Yes, I did get that impression. Can't you just try to work on it? It's obvious to me that you love your husband very much. I love Jason more than my next breath. She grinned at me, trying to make me feel at ease. Zoe, just because your husband can't make you see fireworks in bed and you feel your sex life is lacking something doesn't constitute sexual addiction. I opened the door to her office, took a few steps into the waiting room, and turned to face her. For the first time, I was going to be honest with someone about what I had done. For the first time, I was going to divulge my deepest and darkest secret. One some people knew bits and pieces of, but no one understood the true spectrum of the way I did. If there were even the slightest chance Dr. Marcella Spencer could help me, I had to go for it no matter what the consequences. The alternative was to continue on the destructive path I was on, heading straight to hell in a handbasket. The words were barely audible because I whispered them. Does having three lovers other than my husband constitute sexual addiction? The grin on her face quickly faded and was replaced by a look of astonishment. She was flustered. It took her a moment to gather her bearings while I struggled to hold back tears. We never broke our stare. Yes, I would definitely say that makes you a sexual addict. I figured as much. I diverted my eyes to the door of the waiting room, ready to get the hell out of there before I broke down for real. Look, I really have to go. Jason's going to be climbing the walls if I don't get home soon. She leaned on the door of her inner office, crossing her hands in front of her. I understand, Zoe. We'll pick up from here next week. Cool. Literally. K-E-W-L. Cool. So, after dropping off the bomb that you have three uh, partners in addition to Jason, after almost crying, after telling her, I figured as much. Jason's going to be climbing the walls if I don't get home soon. Okay, Zoe, we'll set up the appointment for you for next week. Cool! Like, that does not work. Also, look, I've never been in a polyamorous relationship, but if you're going to have three partners, including your husband, or four partners, including your husband, you really should discuss it with him. Like, being in an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship, because if you love him more than anything else, but you're not getting sexual satisfaction from him maybe you should be honest and open with him instead of cheating on him because I can't find love in cheating I can't with that I was gone I tried to walk away nonchalantly as if I had just told someone about the agenda for the next PTA meeting once I got on the elevator and pushed the button for the parking garage, I totally lost it and began wailing like a toddler, throwing a temper tantrum. As the elevator descended, I kicked and hit the walls, wiping tears away with the sleeves of my suit and wishing like all hell the whole thing was a nightmare I could wake up from any minute. I knew better. It was all too real, and it was nobody's fault but my own. While I was waiting for my black Mercedes to warm up, I repositioned my rearview mirror so I could take a good look at myself. I wanted to see what a cheating, disgusting, nasty, lying whore really looked like. 
Behold, the whore. I spoke the words aloud and started laughing. There I was with mascara smeared all over my big brown eyes and tears covering my smooth caramel skin. There I was with ruby lipstick smudged over my trembling lips. I hated myself at that very moment. I closed my eyes and prayed for someone to throw me a life rope. Zoe, where you been, baby? The dreaded question, and I hadn't even made it all the way in the kitchen door yet. I came into the kitchen, where Jason was sitting at the table with the kids, eating a chicken supreme pizza from Pizza Hut, and threw my briefcase on the countertop of the island. Boo, I'm sorry I'm getting home so late. I had a problem with one of my distributors and had to hold an emergency meeting. You couldn't call? All sorts of excuses and alibis started running through my mind. I took my coat off and flung it over a stool at the breakfast bar. To be honest, Jason... I got so stressed about solving the problem, the time just got away from me. And before I knew it, it was after eight. Baby, you have a cell phone. You could have been considerate enough to take one moment out and call so I wouldn't be worried. He got up from the table and started clearing away the dishes, bringing them over to the sink where I was getting a glass of water. I don't understand you sometimes. It's like you don't even care about whether I know where you are or not. Well, she doesn't and honestly she shouldn't because you should just know that she's safe you know like I don't know that sounded a bit possessive on your side Jason and trust me as a black man as a man not even as a black man I'm sure there's other ones who do it but like I said I don't know anybody else other than black guys so I had a possessive face I know what it's like when your significant other um, doesn't alert you or whatever, and you're like, oh my God, are they safe or whatever? Because, you know, anxiety and all that. But that starts to phase into a really possessive place that you don't want to live in ever. Trust me. Something snapped. Peter, take the twins up to their room and put on a cartoon movie for them, please. I watched Peter gather his siblings up and do as I asked. Peter paused just long enough to ask a question. Daddy, can we watch that new movie you bought us? The one with the black Cinderella? Sure. Go ahead. Jason was rolling up the sleeves of his white Bali shirt, getting ready to bust some suds. Once the kids were out of earshot, I got back to the matter at hand. Look, Jason, I really don't need this shit from you tonight. I've had a very long day. You keep making it sound like I'm never at home, and that's simply not true. He stood there rolling his eyes, his hands on his hips, and that pissed me off even more. Hell, if you had it your way, I would never leave the fucking house. You want me in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant, huh? See, now you're getting ridiculous. He cut the faucet off and started walking away, mumbling something under his breath, and I followed him into his drawing room. I never implied anything like that, Zoe, and you know it. He went over to the compact stereo system on one of the built-in shelves and turned on a Nancy Crawford CD. He always listened to smooth music when he creates his masterpieces, designing some of the most beautiful and breathtaking buildings one can imagine. You're crucifying me for expecting a phone call. A simple phone call let me know what's up. If I did that same shit, you'd never let me hear the end of it. Jason was right, and I was ashamed. Once again, I was using my own feelings of guilt about my alternative lifestyle as a basis for arguing with him. Before I started cheating on him, we never fought, but the little spats were becoming more frequent. The infidelity had to end. A lesser man would have left me, betrayed me, abused me. Thank goodness Jason's love for me overshadowed his frustration. You know, it seems to me that Jason was never the um, abusive one in your relationship, even as a child, but you know, I already said that. He sat down at his drafting table and began scribbling, breaking the lead tip out of a pencil by pressing down too hard on it in his anger. I walked up behind him and started massaging his shoulders. I could feel the tension in them, and it made me even more ashamed, knowing I was the cause of it all. I'm sorry, baby. You're absolutely right. I should have called. It was totally irresponsible and inconsiderate of me not to do so. He didn't say a word. Just grabbed another pencil and started drawing again. I slowly moved my hands from his shoulders down to his chest and caressed his nipples through his shirt. He grabbed my left hand in his and kissed it. It's okay, Zoe. I, I just hate it when we fight. I know, boo. So do I. Jason twirled the base of his elevated drawing chair around so he was facing me and looked into my eyes. All I ever wanted to do was make you happy. And you do. You made me very happy, liar. I pressed my palms against his cheeks and gave him a long, wet kiss. I love you, and this forever. 
Always has been. Always will be. We smiled at each other, and then he started kissing me on my neck while I looked up through one of the skylights at the stars. There was a long, uncomfortable pause. I was trying to decide whether or not I should even mention Marcella. I decided to hint around and see if the shit hit the fan. I met this cool doctor today. A sister. I pushed back a little from him so I could survey his expression. I didn't see a damn thing except for the so wet look. Her name's Marcella Spencer. Jason picked up another pencil and started fiddling with one of his blueprints. That's nice, honey. I walked over to the stereo and flipped through a CD rack, searching for nothing in particular but seeing if he had bought anything new. What kind of doctor is she? Jason quizzed. Maybe I could send her some business. Um, actually, she's a psychiatrist. I waited for the other shoe to drop. Psychiatrist? Jason acted like I said she was a hooker or something. Sex worker. Like the world was a four-letter one instead of a 12-letter one. Where in the world did you meet a psychiatrist? What's, what, wait, like the world was a four-letter one instead of a 12-letter one. What the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant? Four-letter one instead of a 12-letter one. Ho is two letters. Three if you're nasty. Slut? I hate that word, but maybe that? But, I don't know. I don't know. Where in the world did you meet a psychiatrist? Through a mutual friend. That was only a halfway lie. I did hear about her through a lady at the beauty salon. She's very nice and down to earth. Jason chuckled like I had said something funny. Why are you laughing? No reason. It just amazes me that people like that can even make an honest living, he stated emphatically, shaking his head. People like who? Psychiatrists. Shrinks. Head doctors. He said with an edge of sarcasm. I mean, really, Zoe? What kind of person pays someone to listen to their silly-ass problems? That didn't age well, did it? I was offended, but not about to confront him by admitting I was paying and willing to pay off the ass if I had to if it would help. Lots of people need therapy for different things, Jason. I can't believe you're being so closed-minded. Well, thank goodness neither one of us is cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. He chuckled, laughing at his own half-assed joke. I would send her some clients if she was an internist or a cardiologist or a pediatrician or something normal, but a psychiatrist? No freaking way. All my friends are sane, stressed out maybe, but definitely sane. Is this how you're going to make people not like Jason in this book? Because honestly, he ain't did shit wrong. And you're making him close-minded to reflect what black folks thought in the 90s, which was that you don't need therapy, you just need Jesus and prayer, which was absolute bullshit back then, this bullshit now. But this does not hold up against having three sexual partners on top of her husband. It doesn't. These two things don't weigh out against her literally coercing him into having sex with her. It does not. Not even close. It does not weigh out against her constantly putting her hands on him. It does not. Not at all. I hunched my shoulders and paced to the window, debating whether to run out the room before I started crying in despair. How was I ever going to tell him I was seeing a psychiatrist? Guess what, baby? I have some great news of my own. I took a deep, restorative breath and turned to face him. What's that, boo? I asked, forcing a smile. He got up, walked over to me, and put his arms around my waist. I got a huge contract today. The city wants me to design the new civic center. Really? I was stunned. I knew my baby was the bomb diggity all along, but he was really hitting the big time lately, having just completed the new YMCA. Dun, 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 dun. It's fun to stay at the... Now stuck in your head. You're welcome. That's great, baby. We shared a long, passionate kiss. I could feel my panties getting wet. Any show of affection from Jason always turned me on. I have a great idea. What's that? He asked me with a mischievous grin. Why don't you go grab a bottle of champagne while I go upstairs and slip into something more comfortable? Hmm, sounds promising. He gave me a big wet one right smack on the lips. But what about the kids? You know as well as I do, those chaps are probably all passed out on Peter's bed. We both laughed. It was a regular Friday night routine for the kids to all fall out from the past week as if they had worked 12 hours a day. I just want to be with you. I want tonight to be very special. Every night with you is special. I looked into his eyes, wishing things could be different between us. If only he could be more receptive to my needs. 
I pranced off like Little Red Riding Hood on the way to her grandmother's house, grinning from ear to ear and hoping he was about to portray the part of the big bad wolf and eat me, just like the one in the story. I knew there wasn't a chance in hell of that happening, but one can always maintain a strand of hope. I'll see you when you get upstairs. You know what else can help? If you actually tell him what you want him to do. I mean, it's, it's a turn on and it's also helpful in a relationship for you to tell him what you want to do, what you want him to do. Take control. You've never had a problem with taking control before in any other situation. Take it now. But I'm sure you won't. You'll just keep on blaming him for the fact that both y'all aren't on the same level when it comes to sex. Like both y'all did start off at level zero together, but you progressed faster than he did. And then you went out and got some other sexual partners who probably taught you some other stuff. And now you're wishing he'd do that to you too. This is frustrating. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.